0: Good morning, Esther. Happy Friday. Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Sunday. <laughs> I don't know why we always feel the need to like <laughs> we'll actually, actually like the day. It's still Sunday. It's Sunday afternoon, yeah. You could always tell when we record back-to-back because it's the same day, although we did have an outfit change, although I'm still wearing the same yoga clothes. I've, this is a, a guilty admission. I'm wearing my yoga clothes underneath this cute shirt because I didn't have time to post yoga, get myself together.
1: Well, we ran upstairs to change in between recording and I was wearing a dress before. So now I put on this soap blouse, but I'm wearing sweatpants <laughs> on the bottom. This is like the ultimate work from home uniform where like people would like wear like a nice top and they're yeah. like shorts or like, pajamas on the bottom. Yes, this
0: is Instagram versus reality. Like if you looked at us from the top, we look like very put together. On the bottom and underneath, not so put together. Anyways, um, we have a very exciting topic to get into today. But before we start, I just wanted to tell you something that happened to me today. So I'm not like you. There's another way in which Esther and I are very different that I don't know that we've actually talked about here, which is our skincare routine. I have an incredibly robust skincare routine made up of like 30 (laughs) products, lotions, serums, oils, toners, tonics, sprays. It is intense. There's a morning version. There's an afternoon version. My lovely
1: co-host over here, let me, let me chime in one second. Tell me. Tell me, your, me your lovely co host with perfect skin. <laughs> let, me just, your skin is okay. perfect. let me add that. Go ahead. Go yes. ahead. You do have perfect
0: skin. I have to work hard for my skin. It is my own fault. I have spent way too much time in the sun over the course of my life, and now I'm trying to reverse all of the damage. However, this morning,
1: I. Oh, wait, was, but we got to finish the sentence. Your lovely co host with perfect skin does not have a routine. Sorry. Has I no do routine. not have a routine. I, I put moisturizer on because. Um, You and our other friend make me feel bad, but for the most part, I feel like skin is largely genetic. Sorry to all the dermatologists listening who tell me if you put 47 creams on, it's going to get better. Like it looks just fine and there's no 47 creams and no serums. There's a little bit of Botox, a little bit of fillers and a lot of moisturizer. And other than that, born blessed. (laughs) Hashtag blessed boo
0: Skin Okay. Yes. I'm not like you because I was not born blessed. I have to do a lot of work on my skin to get any version of glow or complexion clarity or any of the things. But here is where I've gone wrong. So this morning I'm going through my routine, which includes some gua shaing and said 37 potions. And I realized that I'm out of my eye cream. And I was like, ah, oh, I need to order more eye cream. And then I was like, do I like this eye cream that I have? you know, I would be willing to try something else. I'm not really a loyalist. I have certain products I'm a loyalist about. This is not one. Let me think about what I'm going to get. And then I realized I have no resource for this. I am obsessed with skincare. I'm not really obsessed with beauty at all. I don't love makeup. Like we've talked about this before. I don't know how to contour my face. Like the whole thing confuses me. Beauty is not my thing. Fashion is my thing. Beauty is not my thing. But I do not have a resource, like an influencer or a go-to for like the products that I need. And I felt very at at a loss and I didn't even know who to call. Like normally then you have that friend who's like your beauty like buddy, but I can't call you. I don't I
1: don't know what to do. I feel like you are insulting our new team member because our new team member who's handling our social media is a beauty influencer and she we talked to her for like 10 minutes last week and I bought the sunscreen that she recommended from Supergoop. So like Phone a friend, but also TikTok. Like I'm using TikTok for search now. Get on TikTok and and plug in what you're looking for. I'm so glad you reminded me. Gab,
0: if you're listening, my B, love you, girl. Tell me yeah. what kind of eye cream to get. Or listeners. Yeah, listeners. Hop onto Instagram. You. Tell me which one to get. Clean products hey. preferred. Okay. We'll get into a topic now. My spiral on my skincare eye cream is over, <laughs> is officially over. Okay. okay. So this one came up for us in our friendship, other things we say all the time. We both were um, connected to people who were going through salary negotiations and were having a very hard time uh, determining their value and their worth in that conversation. and it was happening at the same time, and they were both women <clears throat> and we said to ourselves, holy shit, this is crazy because here we are at this sort of like executive status uh, in our career, having run big businesses and big teams and having nothing but opportunity ahead of us, including these women, we'll put them in the same category, and actually don't know how to have this conversation. So we like freaked out about it, and we were like, "We must talk about it on the podcast. We must find resources to have this conversation with us." And so, this topic is really about knowing your value and knowing your worth in the
1: workplace as a woman. This is a really, really interesting topic because we were on the phone, and I'll, I'll speak personally. You know, like recruiters call often, and the first thing that they say, and they're like, "I'm, I'm not." actually interested but the first thing that they say is like what's your salary range that makes me so uncomfortable I don't know what you're supposed to say and Eileen and I talked a lot about this when our friends called because we don't we could not be of any help I don't know how you determine your your value your I don't know how you respond to a question like that I don't ever know if you're supposed to tell the truth like this is what I get paid and if you're not supposed to say that and you're supposed to say like this is what I want? How do you come up with that number? And of course, the only uh, advice either one of us had was to phone a friend. And of course, the friend was a dude. <laughs> we yes. phone a, a dude. We had to call to help out end. our friends, come up with that number uh, because a dude knows how to answer. That's the sad truth. A dude knows how to answer. We did not. We were not helpful. We don't know how to answer for ourselves. We don't know how to answer for others. Why? Why? Well, so.
0: I was doing some research about this to see if this is a common problem or if we're just morons. Turns out we are not morons. Um, I read a woman's guide to salary negotiations in the New York Times. We'll link it in the show notes. If you don't know where the show notes are, click on the episode in either Spotify or Apple and see the links to all of the interesting content that we talk about on I'm Not Like You. Um, But the number one uh, thought in the Women's Guide to Salary Negotiations is that women undervalue their own contributions, and we ourselves are contributing to the gender pay gap.
1: Boom. You know, the female quotient um, always shares this stat that I guess in the US I'm going to I don't want to botch it but in the US I don't know where they get this number from but apparently it's going to take us 136 years or like some crazy amount of time to rectify the gender pay gap um And they always talk about like how crazy that is, how Mm. it take that long to change something so simple. But I do think that it's just something that's also ingrained of us. Like be quiet, sit good, right? Like sit down and and do what you're supposed to do. Put your head down. I don't know that I have ever really had a conversation about salary in any role that I have had, other than when you take it. So like. I've been blessed throughout my career where people have given me raises. And sure, along the way, I might have complained and been like, no, I I need to be paid more money. I don't know if I've ever come to the table and said like, this is what I need to be paid. Because again, we're based on what? Yeah. It's very Uh, hard.
0: I think that that's right. Um, What I read was talking about, just what you were just talking about, which is we're socialized as women to avoid assertiveness. And that's part of the reason that we don't – we, that's sort of like a you know generalization, but that's what the, the data points to is that women are not um, quality negotiators when it comes to salary, generally speaking, because of this socialization to avoid assertiveness. Um, I found a book called The Secrets of Six-Figure Women um, which we're cool. going to read in book club. Cause that's like our new favorite thing to do. Um, it talks about how women have a high tolerance for low pay. Um, and then it gives you some advice. So I thought, I mean, it's so simple, which is why it's like so painful. And I'm not answering your question around like how you actually know how to ask for what you want, because I think we need to like, actually have a different conversation about that. We're going to try and find some experts to come talk to us about this because we think it's so important. And again, like it's something that we know people in our world are facing and that's, we want to be that resource for women um, who are trying to work through things like this, but the advice is ask for what you want and be specific. So like, it's interesting that you're saying, and I would say the same thing, like, well, how do I know what's appropriate? Like ask for what you want. Like, fuck it. Do you think a man sitting around saying like, well, what if it's too much money? Right. No, they're not. And being specific is like, you come from a place of being more of an authoritative, being more authoritative when you're specific about what you want. And I think that that's like an interesting consideration is like coming from a position of power and not a position of like-
1: weakness. Yes, I agree. And I, I, I'm thinking about like- the friends I know who makes the most money in the same industry. And of course it's a dude and, and the amount of money was just like some number that he came up with and asked for. And then I'm thinking about like a woman who was going for a very similar position and told me the same amount of money. And I was like, Oh my God, you can't ask for that. <laughs> That's the truth. Like he asked for it. He got it. Did I she would get, never did she, did ever she, did have she, the balls to ask for something like that. Did she get it? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. She didn't take the, the job, but like I, I just can't imagine ever having the nerve to ask for something as enormous as that or like to have the balls to ask for something that's like so out of the realm of what I think would be possible.
0: Well, so this goes on to talk about like the advice, again, asking for what you want, being specific, quantifying your accomplishments and maybe like, if you actually get specific and substantive and granular about like why you're asking for what you're asking for, that gives you the confidence that you might be seeking. Like if you're saying like, I would never have the nerve to ask for it. Like if you actually quantify your accomplishments, maybe you would, maybe you'd be like, holy shit. Like I'm a fuck yes for this. Like I got to get after it. Um, and asking for a specific amount there's a couple of other things, document your success, show improvement. I think this is more about asking for a raise versus then like an offer. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is a really interesting one and we need some experts. We do need some experts in this subject. We need call for help. So there's another way to think about it. Maybe not necessarily related to compensation. I kind of then, you know, I, I go like, to research a topic, and then I usually get in some version of like a rabbit hole on it, I discovered a new term, Esther, and I'm not Did like tell? you high value woman oh it's when a woman places their value on their themselves intrinsically versus relying on others' opinions of her value high value woman oh the h v w
1: A high value woman. Okay.
0: Yes. So um, it's women who lean into their capacity, see themselves as valuable and have safe ideas of healthy relationships. Like, So basically don't take advantage of me. And actually this was not just like a one-off article that coined this term, high value woman. There was like a lot of content on it. So I was like, "Hmm, it's really interesting that I've never heard this. And I was like, Am I going off into sort of like a tangent on this? Because what we really wanted to talk about was like how to know your value as a woman in the workplace. Um, And I think it's interesting that we immediately jump to our value as it relates to our compensation. Right. Right which is important. And, and obviously there's work to do as we've talked about, but actually there's also other ways to think about how our value shows up in the workplace and being a high value woman helped me think about that. Cause then there's the whole conversation about like the gender gaps in the workplace related to women in leadership positions. Right. Um, And how
1: women are falling off at a staggering rate, the leadership scale And I think that there have been some stats about how it's only been made worse due to COVID or what has happened, transpired during COVID.
0: Yeah. Well, and so there was some conversations about how women are leaving at a rapid pace, more rapid than pre-COVID because they're looking for companies that have practices and not policies. And I I really like that. That stood out to me. And that's something that I think about all the time, as it relates to the workplace that I'm trying to create as a business leader, and and in workplaces that I would seek to partner with or or um, think about for the future. But like, how women are looking for flexibility, how women are looking for companies that offer employee well being, companies that are very focused on DEI. And I think, like, if you look at any company's website right now, they would tell you they offer all of those things. Probably, I mean, there's probably like you know a subset that that don't. Right. And they're just like, you know, stake in the ground. That's how they roll. But, um, their women are now like almost like forcing that. Like you can't just virtue signal. You can't talk about it being a thing. You actually have to, um, practice what you preach. And I think that's interesting too, because like what it's basically showing is that women aren't, aren't willing to stand for what they were pre COVID because they need flexibility. They need, all of these things. And I think the only way that we get to that place is knowing our value and being a high value woman.
1: Sam, girl. All right. Well, I guess, uh, (laughs) you know, you and I really started this conversation thinking about money. Well, I do think about money a lot. (laughs) Sure. My, My executive coach was like, what, what, what's important to you? I was like, money. <laughs> like, what do you mean money? Money ends up discussion. But the truth of the matter is, like that's one little part of, to your point, it is one part of your experience as an employee, and especially as a woman thinking about all aspects of your work life. Yeah. Um, I There's- guess if you, if you could be a high value woman, you'll find your way to getting more comfortable with those tough conversations about your, your wallet.
0: Uh, Totally. I think that that's kind of where I was going with it because it actually started to talk a lot about like dating and relationships and I was like, eh, boring. Um, But it was talking about like the kind of characteristics being like self-love, being committed to growth, like being open, maturity, self-awareness, all of those things contribute to improving your intrinsic value. Um, But going back to the conversation around money for a second. I also saw Mel Robbins' TikTok. I, sometimes I watch her TikToks too for I watch her. She I don't might, know who that is. She might not be in your For You page. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes now that we know how to look at show notes. Yeah. Um, she's like an author and like a motivational speak, speaker. Um, and she was talking about this very topic and she was saying that her trick is to ask when when some like originally when she was just starting out and she'd be asked to go do like a motiv- motivational speaking engagement they would ask her how much she would cost and she would say in response well what's your budget and oh. they would give her a budget and she'd be like well I'm double that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and that was her that was her approach to getting a better sense for like how the world was
1: valuing her and then how to tell the world how she valued herself. I definitely don't have the balls to do that. So, (laughs) and and I don't, I don't think you do either, but maybe we'll get there. And I think that that's a good place to, you know, we've done a lot of goals throughout this podcast, which we've talked about how sometimes I feel like this is our journal. Although Eileen has like 47 journals. This is her 48th journal.
0: Right up here Um, on this, on this very shelf.
1: See them all all her journals. This is her, her video journal. journal. I would love for one of our goals to be, you know, by the end of the year, the next time somebody asks us for help in determining their value, not obviously as a high value woman, but their actual cash, cash value, value yeah. that we don't have to send them off to a dude. Like we should be able to come up with how you do this and feel confident in our answers and in our advice, but not only for them, but for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Although I probably would not like you on this because I think that there probably is also like a, it's not binary. Like there's no formula to say like, this is how I determine my, my worth. Like, I think there's, there are certainly like benchmarks that you could use. Like if you're thinking about salary, look at what the like average salary looks like in your zip, whatever. There are those like basic exercises. But I do actually think it comes down to like making the decision for yourself. <laughs> okay, ready? Here I go.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> making the decision for yourself on what your time's worth. Because, like, your time is your most valuable commodity and it is the one thing that you cannot get back. And what we do all day, every day, is invest this one precious life we have in. Whatever it is we choose for our career, if in fact we are career-oriented people. And so, like, doesn't that mean that sure there are spreadsheets, sure there are benchmarks, but actually we should decide like what it's worth to actually spend our one precious life for working for this company? That might be my opinion oh. on this.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna absorb that. <laughs> we're gonna absorb that. Um, we have some takeaways here and hopefully we have a 2.0 cause I would love to actually come up with a little bit more of a science. I, I agree. There's a lot of heart in that and there should be a, a consideration, a personal consideration of what your time is worth and what your value is and what you bring to the table and a way to come up with this. But I also would love a scientific answer of how you do this. And surely there is one better than how we've been doing it to date. Cause I don't know how to do this. So 2.0 to come. Um, as always, love Eileen's perspective. Always gives Likewise. us things to think about.
0: Likewise. Okay. Happy
1: Friday, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. We will see you next week. See you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.